0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of That's Entertaining, a special edition coming to you from our remote studios. Joining me today to discuss Batman v. Superman is none other than the Man of Steel, Alex DeWahey. Still trying to figure out how I got that nickname. (laughs) And joining me from afar... Because this is just too big to tackle with just the two of us, is the one, the only,
1: the Wonder Woman of the group, (laughs) Coach Moe. Who was the second best character in that movie. (laughs) Yeah. So this
0: discussion is going to be full on spoilers of Batman v Superman, but quite honestly, if you saw the trailer, (laughs) there's no spoilers for you to really experience. Oh, There's a couple, but... We're just going to go ahead and talk about this movie. We saw it last night. We've all had some time to reflect on it, to think about it. Let's go ahead and just
2: start. Alex, what did you think? Well, I like the way that the movie opened. If, if we're just going to start right there, it opens right into Bruce Wayne's backstory. And uh, we see his the murder of his parents and uh, how he becomes one with the bats, I thought was... Uh, a really cool way to introduce his backstory, and, that, and that's really all we needed at that point, right? If you're going to introduce a new Batman character and throw him in with a bunch of other superheroes, I think that's all we need at that point. I was good with that intro until he started flying with the bats, and then I was like, what the
0: heck is going on? And then he was like, it was a dream. I was like, okay.
2: Well, he felt like he was flying, right? It, it was it was figurative that he was being lifted up by the bats. He just He felt like he was one with the bats. So I, it was a dream in the sense that he was flying with the bats, but uh, you know, that, that was really when he became one with the bat. So I, I thought that was really well done. I enjoyed that part of it. Um, I'm sure it looked kind of odd to uh, you know, a lot of viewers, but um, I was good with that backstory. Yeah. Well, as long as it was, he said that that was a dream, I was okay at that point. There was a lot of dreaming yeah. in this movie. There was. It was a little hard to follow in my opinion. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Um, you know, and we knew there was going to be some back and forth between what's going on with Batman, what's going on with Superman. Um, but then you throw in these, these dream sequences and you know, how uh, he had, it was a, a pretty extensive dream that Batman had at one point about, you know, the future apocalypse that Superman had created. Um, I, I, I found it a little hard to follow at some points. hmm There wasn't a clear distinction of when there was a dream and when there wasn't. Yeah, I mean, usually they use some kind of a, you know, blur effect or like a, like a warm and cool color contrast type thing. So when you're dreaming, you know that it's a dream. The scenes that you're seeing, you know, is a dream sequence. Um, but we didn't really get that in
1: well, this movie, so it made it a little hard to follow. Yeah. Mo, what did you think of these dreams? Um, actually I loved how it brought him together. Uh, this was the first Batman since Christian Bale where I was like, this is the Batman from the comics that I enjoyed, you know, just a really rough, uh, gonna fight, um, just bad man, you know, more Chuck Norris, less Superman, I guess is how I'm trying to put that. Uh, and so that for me was the thing that I enjoyed the most was how they kind of set up who he was, um, and how he got that angry I don't know if you guys saw the little side thing, um, they kind of showed, uh, why he was so mad and upset and that was when Joker crossed the line and killed Robin. Uh, spoiler from the comics, if you never read Death in the Family. Um, but it was one of those things that was one of the darkest days for Batman. and kind of showed how he became who he was. So I really, I really enjoyed the setup they did for his character. And I thought Ben Affleck did a really good job of portraying Bruce Wayne better than I've, I think I've ever seen. So.
0: So, so let's talk about the character of Batman for a second before we go on with the story.
1: Because, like you said,
0: this is the first time we've seen Batman since Christian Bale's It's a great
1: one.
0: <laughs> so what did you how would you rank his Batman and his Bruce Wayne compared to what we've seen on screen so far Alex
2: um, I'm, I'm going to agree with Mo I think I mean obviously the, the Batman was I think portrayed better than any of the other Batmans that I've seen I think a lot of the gadgets specifically the voice modulator I like that yeah probably makes yep. it the most realistic out of anything and some, some of the suits that he had to wear in order to go up against Superman Makes it the most realistic. And as far as, as Bruce Wayne, I agree with Mo. It's straight from the comics, completely accurate. This was a comic book movie to yeah. the core. And uh, I thought Ben did a really great job. I was, I was expecting him to do a good job. I didn't think I would like him better than Christian Bale, but I did.
0: Wow. That's, that's over after one viewing you've already, and one movie, you've yep. already
1: made the, made the decision he's the best. I yep I did Mo, What about you? Uh, I had it. I actually ranked this last night. Um, I have Christian Bale still number one for Bruce Wayne. I think there are some of the scenes in those movies where he just portrays what I really thought Bruce Wayne would have looked like and, and acted act like when he just buys a restaurant and' kind of showing that nope i 'm a playboy, um you know, kind of a goofball that you guys won 't take serious so that no one can correlate that he is Batman, but I thought Ben was by far right now my favorite Batman. Uh, I put him number one just because. Of like we were just talking, the gadgets were, were the things where he was showing that aptitude of, I need to outthink my opponents, not I need to outmuscle my opponents, um, and that's that's how Batman's always been, from what I've read and uh, enjoyed of the story, is he's very methodical in the way he wants to beat you. He wants to not only beat you, but in a way where he causes the least damage to the surrounding area and himself. Yeah. So,
0: and this is the first Batman, in my opinion, or that I can think of anyway. That is huge. Ben is yeah. huge in this movie.
2: He's a big guy, definitely.
0: He he definitely reminds me of the Batman from like the animated series, where you know how they're always kind of drawn big characters, and mm-hmm. definitely the Batman in the Dark Knight Returns, where he's drawn big by Frank Miller. Ben really kind of fills out that frame, and I love the like the suits and stuff that he wears because they're very reminiscent of the comic books. And his and when I, when I say the suits, I'm talking about his actual like. Bruce Wayne suits that he wears to work. And the cut, the actual bat suit is great, too, because it it's straight out of Frank Miller. It is a really good rendition of the suit. I love the, the color scheme and everything, how it worked. I think that that's probably my second favorite suit so far. But as far as how I think he is as Bruce Wayne, I think he's the best Bruce Wayne that I've seen. With the whole him running... To the 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 building that's crashing, trying to get to the where the stuff is. Everybody else is running away. That was a great scene because he was doing it as Bruce Wayne. He was doing this sleuth work with Bruce Wayne, not Batman. You know, it was really good to see Bruce Wayne actually do a lot of this stuff. I mean, Christian Bale did the thing where he uh, was in The Dark night where he ran a car off the road to save another car. That was kind of cool. He was like, oh, you saved a lot of guys today. Thank you. He was like, what I do? I was trying to catch the light. So there wasn't any of that that we see with this Bruce Wayne, but I, everything else just really comes together for me. I think it was really good. So I would put him as number one as far as Bruce Wayne goes and tied for number one, I think, with Batman in general. Nice. Might be a controversial statement. but So let's... There's another thing I got to talk about with Batman for a second. so they are really with both Batman and Superman. They're taking these characters in a direction that they never took them in the comics. They are we saw Batman use guns flat out. What do you guys think about that? For me, I mean,
1: oh, go ahead Alex.
2: No. I mean, why not? I mean, His parents They're are there. Gun. He's they're, in the comics he's there. never used one. Well, they're there. They help. It's – there's nothing dictating him from not using a gun. You know, he does, has not sworn some kind of oath to never use guns. The only reason he doesn't use – we haven't seen him use guns is because he, he really doesn't want to kill. He just wants to bring people to justice. So it, it's a darker take on it, but it's a realistic take in my opinion. I mean if a gun's there and someone's trying to kill you and you have a chance to shoot that person to take them down, I'm picking up the gun and shooting
1: them. Mo. Uh, and for me, I, I took it as just uh, an addition to his gadgets. You know what I mean? It was something he, he needed to use. And again, the, as he's a thinker, and he's going to do what's going to be best overall. And I just think he used it in that situation and when when, he, when, he, when it was warranted, when it was needed. Yeah, but the Batman we know from all
0: the comics, unless you're talking about Thomas Wayne as Batman, they don't use guns. They're... They're against him. Even in the last iteration, the last movie that we saw on screen with The Dark Knight, he says, no guns, when he's fighting with Catwoman, right? And it's because of the gun killed his parents. So I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of odd to see that. Superman's killing people, too. What do you think of that?
1: I never liked Superman. I've never been a <laughs> Superman fan. So uh, to me, I, when I came to this hoping he was the villain and that Batman was just going to wreck him, and uh, that was my whole intent just because I, I just have never been a Superman fan. So that's uh, my quick biased statement. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Alex, do you have any opinions of Superman killing
0: people?
2: I'm not a fan of uh, – like like we talked about, Nathan, I, I think I wanted to see some character progression from the events that happened in Man of Steel did to 18 months later now. I don't think we got that, did we? No, he didn't. He was exactly the same character. He didn't seem remorseful at all for all the lives that were taken. Um, it didn't seem to go out of his way to make sure that that didn't happen again. I mean, it, it's kind of hard, obviously, when doomsday is reckoned, But I didn't get that character progression. So if anybody was going to take a stand and say, no killing, I would have expected that it would have been Superman. Especially
0: after what had happened, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So... I think that this movie is... I mean, it was long already. I went into the theater. It was a 10.30 showing last night. I didn't leave the theater because I stayed until after the credits until 1.30 or so. This is a long movie. It was three hours in the theater. And at times, I I felt myself checking the watch, but I I wanted to, but I I didn't. So the pacing was okay, but man, for a three-hour movie, it needed to be a little bit different pace. The problem is this felt like a Batman movie with Superman added in, didn't it?
2: I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. they, they focused a lot more on Batman in terms of character progression. And, and that's probably because he didn't have that origins movie that Superman did. And he was the other protagonist in the movie. Um, but I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't even think it was okay. I thought the pacing was just horrible in this movie. I thought it was it was slow at times, that it was really ramped up, and I, I was checking my watch, trying to figure out how much longer until this thing starts to kick in.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I felt the same way. I felt like this movie, we, we needed a Batman movie with Ben Affleck to set this up, so we mm-hmm. could have just gotten to the meat and potatoes. I felt like that was a huge misstroke um, on this part. Because even though, again... Batman vs Superman. You know, you're gonna sell lots of tickets with that title, but to really give that Batman vs Superman the weight and the story and everything it needed, we needed to know this new Batman first. So I felt like they tried to insert that, but it it wasn't really really well done, and I feel like they kind of missed it on on the bigger scope of the movie. Yeah, one thing that I really want going out of this movie
0: is a, a standalone Ben Affleck Batman movie. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. would be great. And I know that we're going to see Batman in Suicide Squad later this year, and he'll be, obviously, in the Justice League movie next year. So we'll get to see more of him, but it'll be a little while, I guess, before we actually get a Batman standalone film, which I really want to see now seeing this.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So let's move on to Wonder Woman. What do you guys
1: know, first off, of the character of Wonder Woman? She's supposed to be big. She's supposed to be an Amazon woman. You know, she's not some frail little girl, and... Like, I understand Hollywood's trying to sell, you know, you, you have to use appeal sometimes and and putting her, you know, getting a smaller lady to do it, I guess, works for them. But that was what upset me and it just kept nagging at me. I'm like, there are some amazing tall ladies out there who could have done an awesome job being uh, Wonder Woman. Or you just do what they did with the Gimli character in One of the Rings where they made a six foot five guy short. Um, but instead we got this skinny, smallish girl, who, again, the actual character and her lines, incredible. But the appearance was what kind of kept nagging at me. I was like, ah, Wonder Woman's a big lady. That's not a big lady. <laughs> That's just me. Alex? Um,
2: yeah, I thought I, Gal Gadot, I think her name is, did a great job. I thought the line delivery was good. I, I really enjoyed her character once she was properly inserted into the, the second or third act of the movie, whatever you want to call it. Um... I, I, the appearance doesn't bother me too much, but that's probably because I don't know too much about Wonder Woman. Um, so that's just my opinion. I thought she did a good job, and I enjoyed when she was on screen.
0: And I thought she did a good job as well. So when you think about the character of Wonder Woman in the comic books, she's not really big. She's an average-sized person. And in order for her to fit in with everybody else to not draw too much attention to herself, you, didn't, you don't think about someone who would be a massive person because that would be recognizable. Mm-hmm. But she's able to fit in because of the height and stature that she has. So I didn't have a problem with the portrayal by Gal Gadot. I actually thought it was pretty spot on, pretty good, especially when you look at the New 52, uh, the way they drew Wonder Woman, and some of the, of the Trinity comic and things like that. Her, her portrayal was actually pretty spot on to what I anticipated Wonder Woman to look like.
1: No, and I agree with that. Like, I haven't read a lot of the new DC stuff. I just know I've read a lot of the older um, issues. And, you know, she's she is an Amazon woman. So she should be, you know, upper body. There should be some strength. Like, you should see muscle. Um, and that was my only issue was, like, I feel like a lot of times in movies we kind of steer away from the stereotype that girls can be strong. Um, and I'm not a big fan of that. Just as someone who, you know, I, I coach women's sports and I fully believe in my girls being healthy and being strong and being in shape. Uh, so that was my like my only hiccup, but that was again it's a personal bias. I thought she did a great job. I mean, I thought she was an awesome Wonder Woman. That was just the only thing that kept uh, coming back to me. Okay, so Lex Luthor,
0: Jesse Eisenberg's portrayal of Lex Luthor was, let's just say, interesting,
2: right? What'd you think, Alex? I was actually really surprised with Jesse's portrayal of Lex. I. I thought it was an odd casting and the, um, the first couple times seeing him, I was still a little unsure about him, but once he got going, you really started to see the insane side of him. I think he portrayed it really well. If that's the direction that the Zack Snyder wanted to take, he did a great job. It may have been a little too psychopathic, like um, Heath Ledger Joker type acting, but um, and he he does kind of look a bit young for the role that he was playing. Uh, but other than that, I thought his acting was was really good. Yeah, I did think that they tried to invoke the
0: Heath Ledger Joker. Definitely. Oh, definitely. With with that portrayal. What would you think, Mo?
1: Can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we, had, we had mad scientist meet a crazy businessman. And I just, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that was a great way to do it and i made the same correlation to uh heath ledger's batman i just or sorry yeah heath ledger and batman as a joker um i just don't think i think jesse was more toned down compared to that and so when i saw that that i made the same correlation. Like, you know what but i love i love how nuts he is because lex is going to be an amazing bad guy to go against you know what i
0: mean so. Yeah, I also felt, though, it was a little telegraphed about what he was doing the whole time. I mean, if there was any question as to if he was good or bad or whatever, it was definitely just telegraphed the entire time, especially when he brought Lois to the top of a building, and he was you knew what he was going to do at that point. And there was no peril when
1: he pushed Lois off, because, he, you know, it's Lois Lane, she's not going to die. <laughs> Lois Lane drove me nuts. Uh, in Man of Steel, she, she has, like, a superpower... Of being in the worst possible situation on purpose. <laughs> and she just keeps doing it over and over and over again. And I'm like, oh. oh ah. That's the character of Lois, though. She's always kind of in the <laughs> wrong situations.
2: Yeah.
0: She, she's the tenacious reporter that puts herself where the story is. And then Superman comes and saves her. <sighs> so let's talk about the story.
2: Alex, what did you think? Well, aside from the fact that I thought it was a, they jumped around quite a bit. And at times it was a little hard to follow. The – if you're reading just the words of the story, like if, if you could write the plot of the story out in words, I think it's a good story. I think the way that it was executed visually um, was inconsistent and hard to follow. And I, I think they missed on it. So when you say that, you, you're talking about like differentiating dreams from reality? Uh, not, e- not even the dreams. I just feel like, like, like I was saying, if you wrote out this plot in words, it, they, I mean, obviously jumping from scene to scene is, is confusing, but the, the way that it was executed, I think Zack Snyder was more focused on getting the shots that he wanted mm-hmm. rather than telling the story the right way. Which, again, I think that this movie looks good. Oh, the movie looks great. And some of the shots were just unbelievable, and that's that was what to was to be expected. I just didn't want those shots to take away from the plot of the movie, mm-hmm. and I think he got a little caught up in that, in those shots.
1: Mo, what do you think? Uh, I think Alex just crushed it. Uh, that was a home run of an answer because I felt the same way. Like I was like, I would love to read this as a graphic novel um, because it, the story was like there, uh, but. Th- a lot of times it felt like the story was taking a backseat to what they were trying to do with the action. And they made it more of an action film. But the reason that you know I love comics, and I, I'm sure a lot of people love comics, is because those are amazing stories told not only with uh, the blurbs and the words, but told through the art. And I felt like they kind of kept missing that relationship and piecing it together. Um, and so that was kind of my my biggest problem. The other one was I needed more Aquaman. I'm just sorry. Like... <laughs> I, I always use Aquaman as a joke. I'm like, oh, no, I'm the Aquaman of this game because I was, like, the worst performer. <laughs> I, I can't make that joke anymore. He was awesome. Uh, what is it? The He's from um, Game of Thrones, right? Malome? Mal- Malome? Is his real name, last name? But he was incredible. And I just... Now I, I need a standalone Aquaman movie. I need more time with him. I need more time with that character. Um, I was a little upset they didn't use what Marvel does where... Their TV show characters are in the movies.
2: Mm-hmm. I would
1: love to have seen the flash that I have now mm-hmm. on TV. I would have loved to have seen a reference to my Green Arrow I have now instead of casting new characters, because um, then you just split the universe. And we've noticed Agents of Shield's doing so well because it's tied directly into this giant Avengers movie. Daredevil, is Jessica Jones, the same way. Yep. yep. And so I just feel like they uh, they missed they missed a piece there um, that would have been really good to see for fans. So.
0: Yeah, so I think that when you look at the casting of—because you, you said you had Aquaman, you had the Flash, you had Cyborg, you had those kind of characters introduced in odd ways. Honestly, when I saw that Aquaman part where they just kind of go down there, they're in the ship, and he swims out, and he's got his trident, that really didn't do anything for me. I mean, Jason Momoa, he looks good as as Aquaman, but I mean, I need to see more of him— a line of dialogue or something about being him being Aquaman. That scene that they gave us just didn't really do anything for me for that. As far as Cyborg goes, I, I mean, that was interesting, but I still don't think that that did much for me either. The Flash stuff was interesting because I think the Flash either appeared to Bruce in a dream or kind of actually traveled through the time force and talked to Bruce at that one point. And then you saw him in the, in the convenience store, you know, stopping that guy from, from being mugged. But it was interesting seeing those other characters being brought in. What did you think, Alex?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, when they introduced these characters, I I didn't know how they were going to go about it, if they were just all going to join at the end, help to stop Doomsday, or if they were, you know, going to be pretty much non-existent. They were pretty much non-existent. Um, it was okay, I thought, the way that they introduced them. This, this wasn't even an appetizer. This was like a like you get you know just the smell, you just get to smell the appetizer, and that's all it was. you seen this was smelly, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was it smelled good, right? It was a good smell, but like you said, the smell doesn't do anything for me. I want to eat the appetizer, so I wanted something more yeah. i i it was interesting seeing all the you know on the computer all the different things that he was looking up, I mean, you could tell from the the symbols. Who you were going to see right away? So it was exciting when he was clicking on the lightning bolt, but it didn't do anything for me. I pretty much disregarded it after I saw it. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting
0: seeing him. At least brought up. I was I was excited to see him. Mo, I know you mentioned Aquaman and the Flash. What did you think of Cyborg for the little bit that you saw?
1: Uh, I've never. I didn't even know Cyborg was a character. Um, <laughs> just because I've never been again a DC fan. And so, to me, he was just a face. And I was like, oh, okay. I hope you do something cool someday. Can't wait (laughs) to see you in the Justice League movie. Yeah.
0: And what's actually (laughs) interesting is he's a Teen Titan, uh, too, not necessarily always in the Justice League. So, that's interesting that they brought him into the Justice League universe so quickly instead of, like, Green green Arrow or Green Lantern. (laughs) So, moving on. We talked We talked a little bit about how this movie starts out with Bruce Wayne and everything. We haven't really talked much about the Superman side of things, how he really doesn't have a character progression, but people are calling him out. They're wanting him to come answer for what he's done. There's this whole incident in the desert that Lois has to come and fix, or not fix, Lois causes, and that she's trying to figure out what happened with this little bullet thing. What did you think of that whole side plot, that little story?
2: Alex? Uh- it didn't really make much difference on the uh, on the outcome of the film, I thought. I I think, honestly, some of these things that they did were a waste of time. They could have done without by simply making, you know, you know even making an Origins movie for Batman. This, this is These are things that we saw in Man of Steel as far as Lois Lane is concerned. Her putting herself in in bad spots and then Superman coming in and getting rescued, rescuer. And
1: uh, a lot of it, I felt, was just like filler. Time filler. hmm Mo? I feel like it's uh Henry Cavley, the the actor who does Superman, correct? Henry Cavill. Cavill. Um, I thought he did he he demonstrates Superman as an imposing force, which is one of the reasons why I didn't like the old Superman and why even though I came in like wanting to hate this guy, I was like, This is this is what Superman should be. Um and for me it's Superman should be. Basically, unstoppable when you think Superman fights should be over in seconds, he should be able to save someone without taking a building down. And that's that's kind of the thing that I always had a problem with is he's always, you know, very careful. This Superman's not careful, and that shows that freak raw nature that he has that you know, unstoppable, imposing, just drastic, I'm going to do what needs to be done the fastest way that I deem fit. And so I thought the actor does a great job of that. Um, I still feel like, like you guys have said, the character development, he hasn't stopped being a child who's destroying buildings. He's in his Hulk stage still instead of his analytical stage where he should be growing up and maturing as a superhero. That hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So moving into what Lex does, he, he gets, they find this kryptonite in the South Indian Ocean where the other part of the, where the world engine, I think it was, was down in the Indian Ocean. There was people that were scavenging down there. They found a big rock of kryptonite that was green. It's always got to be green. Why does it always have to be green? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be green, right? I don't know. Anyway, so (laughs) you find that. And Lex gets his hands on it. Batman tries to stop him from getting it. And that's really the first time that we see Batman and Superman on screen together as Batman and Superman. How did you enjoy the first appearance with them both on screen together staring each other down?
1: Mo? I, for me, I really just wanted Batman to beat him up. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. Like Every time that they were near each other, I was like, Batman, get him. I hope you have a kryptonite suit somewhere. Let's go, big guy. Dude, dude, that's all I could think of. And so every time we had interaction, my brain went straight to get him. Please get him. Let's go. You got this. It just yeah. I, did, did I mention I don't like Superman?
2: <laughs> I think you have. Alex, what okay. did you think? Um I I like the first time they encountered each other. I think uh we we see a little bit of the of of Superman kind of You know, quote, letting him off the hook a bit. He's just kind of giving him a, hey, you know, I could destroy you if I want to because I'm so confident in myself. Just when that light goes on, don't come. And, you know, again, Zack Snyder gets the shot that he wants. Gets Batman standing up slowly out of the Batmobile, looks Superman right in the eye. And it gives us, it builds a little excitement towards when we're going to see them actually encounter each other in a physical match. Um, so I liked that first time that they saw each other. I I loved when, when the, the Batmobile was sliding and he kind of sees Superman in the lights and he's just kind of like, uh, taken aback, like, oh crap, I didn't prepare for this. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked
0: it. Yeah. That was a nice scene. So let's talk about when they actually fight. So they're set up to fight each other. The, the setup to fight each other was really, really loose. I think it was. I don't think it was well done. I so Lex captures Martha, and Batman just decides that because of this expel the bombing and who did it and all this stuff that Batman is gonna go and fight Superman because you know he could destroy us and so he just has to protect not only the city but the whole world, right? So I don't really. The reasoning that they used to get Superman to go fight Batman, that whole staging thing just felt really loose, and I don't know if it worked well enough for me to get them to actually start fighting. What did you think,
1: Mo? I sat there, and for me, I'm sorry, like, as I've read the comics, it takes a lot to get Batman mad. Like, there are horrible things that happen throughout the the Dark Knight series, and Batman still just wants to capture the bad guy and put them in jail. And the reasoning like that they kind of like you said was very loose. I needed more to really entice Batman to go, "No, this is a huge threat. I need to stop this." Like you should have seen some kind of progression growing something building in him that was saying, "I have got to save the world by destroying Superman by stopping Superman." And we didn't have that. You know what I mean? And again, I still view Superman as a, as a toddler in this, where to start a fight, all he needs you to do is bark at him. Hmm. You know what I mean? He just needs something little, something little to start the fire, and he's going to go get you. He doesn't, because that's how I view the character. Like, he's not the superhero that I expect him to be because he's still learning what being a hero is. You know what I mean? And that's, so for me, I understand Superman being ready to fight. Yeah, I get that but Batman like we've seen him be Batman and we've seen the stories and the build up he should have like concrete things that have built and fired that rage in him for him to finally go nope he has to be stopped and that should should have grown yeah that yeah
0: and i don't think we got that concrete mm-hmm. buildup
2: of anything no alex
1: um i agree
2: i agree completely i think i think mo nailed it i this is the problem when we skip ahead 18 months down the line, you know, we miss a lot of this build-up, uh, which is something they could have done if they had a Batman's origin movie. You know, um, it's it's hard to imagine that in the first one, in Man of Steel, it was okay to let go that Superman was you know, kind of learning what it is to be a superhero as he's discovering his powers, right? But in this one, 18 months later, after the events in Metropolis and Man of Steel, someone that is genetically a god and has been raised by parents like the kents should have more composure more restraint and i just don't understand the portrayal of superman i mean yeah batman hit him a couple times when he got on the roof and that kind of took him from okay let's talk about this i want to save my mother to all right, whatever, I'm just going to start beating you up until you get it. And Mm -hmm. I I thought it was misplaced.
0: Yeah, and I think Superman could have taken the time to explain what was happening. Like, he said he started to, but then Batman started fighting him. But I think Superman still could have said, like, here's what's happening, you know?
2: Well, yeah, and he could have thrown Batman, like, (laughs) restrained him somehow. He pushed him away,
0: and then he just walked up. He could have been talking to him as he was walking.
2: I mean, it's like, what, I have to flick a fly away from me that takes almost none of my (laughs) strength, and I don't have the time to talk while he's getting up and recovering from the massive hit I just laid on him?
1: Yeah. They got the shots
2: that they wanted. Seeing,
1: when you said that I'm seeing the scene where like you hold the little kid in front of you and he's swinging his arms and you're talking to them uh-huh. yep. like, as you said that, I was like oh my goodness yeah Superman could have been like listen buddy here's what's happening we need to have this talk exactly. yeah. yeah perfect analogy
0: should have just flown around him in circles so he wouldn't get hit and then just been like talking to him the whole time
1: <laughs> so I that
0: climactic battle thing that just that was supposed to be the climax with them finally fighting each other I think the fight itself was fine I think it was actually pretty good but the whole setup to get there just didn't work for me. And then, the way it ends, I mean, Batman's got him dead. Batman's got him dead, but then Lois, out of nowhere, I mean, she she leaves Perry, or leaves the Daily Planet with a helicopter, and does Perry know that Clark Ken is Superman because he says, this isn't for a story, he's like, not for a story, and he's like, okay, go. And then she gets a helicopter, she gets landed over there, and she's runs into this battle and it's like hey stop who's martha martha's his mother why did you say that name that the whole that whole use of the martha name was weird uh, it, it didn't really work for me did
2: you how about you guys <laughs> i i didn't get it i i i thought it was really overdone i mean first of all she doesn't even hear the martha name being used as she's entering when the lines are being said, and, and I'm not really sure what realization it makes Batman come to see, uh, t- to get him to stop killing someone that he was so hell-bent on going after. Um <laughs> And I don't know if you noticed, it, it made me laugh quite a bit when she got on the, the chopper. I don't know if you saw on the side of the helicopter, it said chopper hopper. Uh-huh. And all I could think about was like, oh, is that Uber for helicopters? I just <laughs> That's the only thing that I could think of. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just inconsistency with like, I'm not going to let you fly Economy Plus. I'm not going to let you use yeah. a helicopter. Why would we even have a helicopter? But if it's something personal,
1: go for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mo. Sorry, whenever Lois Lane's brought up, I just get sad. Uh, In in Man of Steel, I feel like that whole movie could have been. None of those events had to happen if she would have just chilled. Like, Mm -hmm. at some point in time, she needs to understand that she's causing a lot of problems for a lot of people. Like, people are dying because you won't stop being nosy. Um, And yeah, I just, the character just kind of drives me nuts. I don't think that it's a cerebral Lois Lane like I've seen, it's a selfish Lois Lane. And. The fact that that selfishness keeps causing uh, heartache and turmoil for our heroes, like, it just kind of drives me up the wall. Because the damsel in distress thing just kind of bugs me. You know, I understand if it happens once, cool. But if this is the fifth, sixth time Superman's had to save your life in the last 18 minutes, you probably need to go home and chill. Like, (laughs) go get a book, sit in your bathtub, relax, just stop going outside. Because when you go outside, bad things happen. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But that's just me character of Lois Lane was, I don't know, she was okay, but a little bit in the way. She wasn't, I don't think she was well portrayed, really, in this movie. And why would she throw the kryptonite staff down that well anyway?
2: And down then the why water? would she
0: jump in the water as the building coll- is collapsing on top <laughs> of her? Well, why, so she dropped it in the water. Why does she all of a sudden know that, oh, this thing's kryptonian? She knows nothing about Doomsday. <laughs> I should go get this kryptonite spear. She knows nothing about what he does. And so, yeah, the building was collapsing around her, and she's like, I'm going to go get the spear. It's stupid. (laughs) That was bad. I wish she would have died in that (laughs) well. Wow. I mean, seriously, because... (laughs) <laughs> she She's her, her own undoing. She just wants to die. That character just wants to die, doesn't she? She gets in all these situations, and Superman always has to save her because that's been documented, it seems, that wherever she's at in the world, Superman will come save her. She needs to get, like Mo said, just stay inside for a couple days and <laughs> read a book, play a game, I don't know, just
2: chill out. Well, and if anything, that would have been the perfect time for her to die. Yeah. As he's distracted fighting Doomsday that that would have been that would have been perfect, right because we get a little bit of a they they did it earlier in the dream sequence uh we get a little foreshadowing they could have done foreshadowing where you know uh Superman's telling Bruce you took her away from me mm-hmm. you know and, and obviously he wasn't directly responsible for whatever happened in reality if she were to have died, but I think it would have been another way to progress superman's character a little bit more make him uh, maybe a little bitter if you're going for a dark tone. That would and of all the times for him not to, you know, hear her miles away that she's in distress, mm-hmm. somehow when she can't make a noise cuz she's underwater, um that would have been a perfect time for her to die.
0: And I think it would have been good if at that not necessarily good, but impactful to the story and a good yes. character progression if she would have he he would have heard her and had the choice to either go save her or Batman and Wonder Woman were in trouble and he could either go save them
2: and he had to make that choice. I would have right. liked to have seen that conflict resolve. Right, Much better than pretending that Superman is dead when really we know he's not. Mm-hmm. We don't get that that emotional impact. And
0: how stupid is Superman when he uh-huh. goes and dives in for the kryptonite? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes, he dives in, he grabs it, he just floats up to the top and Lois is like, oh, that was, Mo, tell me, did, did you love that?
1: I
2: did. <laughs> that, was
1: a, that was the highlight of the movie for me, guys. Um.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they tried to get some emotional impact there, especially when he was, right before he was about to fly the scepter into Doomsday, he was like looking at her, he's like, you're my world. Why didn't he just throw it at him? <laughs> could this could this have not – again, it's not like you're the only superhero in the movie, right? You have two other people, especially when you're fighting a metahuman, and you have two metahumans and one human. Kind of think jumping in the water to go get the kryptonite staff is a job for the human mm-hmm. at that point. Well, so here's what I was thinking. After <laughs> he
0: saved her and she's almost dead, I was like, is he going
2: to ask her to go get the scepter again? <laughs> <laughs> I know this water almost killed her, but can you get my down there and get that? <laughs> Let her take a few breaths and like, honey, I'm going to need you to dive back down and get that for me.
0: <laughs> that would <laughs> hilarious. So here's what would been really cool is if she threw it in the water and then somehow Aquaman sees it or goes and gives it and he comes up and then he hurls it at, at Doomsday. That would have been great. That would have been mm-hmm. a great introduction to that character, I think. But no, Superman gets it and somehow has the power to fly still when he has kryptonite when he just like was dead a second ago with being the same proximity to it i don't know the the use of kryptonite is always they make him as weak as they want him to be they there's no uniformity to how weak he is when he's around it right they never
1: did the math so Mm -mm. we just know it affects him they never carried the one right yeah (laughs) we never know how how severe like can it be an ounce of kryptonite you know does it have to be a pound like what's what's the ratio here for kryptonite equaling bad stuff for superman yeah you know who does know that math Batman. Batman. Hey, he's got He, he knows everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. So climactic battle. They f- Superman flies Doomsday up out of the atmosphere, which I thought was pretty neat, pretty cool. And then they fire a nuke at him. That
1: now seems I don't, smart.
0: Yeah. I don't <laughs> know much about you know <laughs> nuclear weapons or whatever, but I would think that detonating a nuclear weapon in the Earth's upper atmosphere is not a good idea, anyway. That the fallout would be so tremendous that the prevailing winds would cover the entire planet if you did that. Anyway, that's what I would think would happen with that scenario, when it was detonated so close, literally, to the the world. And for the gravity to still be affecting it, it had to have had some repercussions from even just being outside of the blast radius, because all they said was they've cleared the city... And they would be outside of the blast radius. I, I don't know that detonating a nuclear device like that, where they did, that won't wouldn't work. I don't think. Like you would be killing everybody on Earth.
1: Yeah, that was bad science. Somebody uh, didn't didn't calculate that one right. Because um, right now we're going to be leading to an entire planet is going to be suffering effects from that nuclear blast. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe that's the Justice League's next thing. Like, hey, <laughs> we're not going to be the Justice League. We're actually going to be Captain Planet because we uh, we messed up.
0: Yeah. Made some mistakes.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's,
0: it was... When they decided to make, make the nuclear fire, or the missile fire, they were like, whoa, there's two targets. There's Doomsday and Superman. Well, they didn't know the other name was Doomsday, I don't think, did they? They never said Doomsday, I don't think, the military. They just said the other target. So, but then we see Superman up there in the kind of looking like dead almost in a way kind of like bizarro i kind of got that vibe at the beginning and then the sun hits him and everything's fine everything's good at that point you know he just can't die superman cannot die nuclear blast should have done something to him but since it didn't a little bit of sun's gonna gonna fix him right up and then he will be good as good as Rand to go fight doomsday again
1: mo how'd you like that uh, I was upset. I would have loved for him to have suffered a little longer. Again, not a not a big Superman <laughs> fan. So, uh, but know, uh, what I saw like when that went down, I was like, okay, I understand why he's going up here uh, into the atmosphere because more sunlight means more power. And more power means he's going to be able to end this fight a lot faster. Um, but like, I kept thinking of Plants vs. Zombies while I was watching that scene. <laughs> I was like, oh, we need sunlight so that we can be strong. Let's go. Like That's literally like it happened in the theater and I started chuckling to myself and my buddy next to me is like, what? And I'm like, plant for zombie. He goes, oh, right. And then he started chuckling and then the people behind us were laughing. So I'm glad I sat by a good group because when I said it, like some people would have been like, ah, shh, yeah, but everyone chuckled. But no, I, I understand why they had to do it. You know, we had to. Go up and get him as close to the sun, so we can, you know, redo whatever he needs to to those skin cells to get strong and get rid of the kryptonite from the bad mm-hmm. math, and to <laughs> go back down and fight. Alex, I I agree with what
2: uh, what Mo said. It was it's um, just one of those things that just kind of has you shaking your head. And uh, it was after it happened. It, I mean, obviously, it makes. His sacrifice to kill Doomsday less impactful because now we know that he is pretty much indestructible right and I, I don't know I, it was one of those things I disregarded after it happened
0: right so let's move into the final act Superman runs in with the spear and he's gonna go poke Doomsday in the chest with it and then he pokes him and Doomsday gets mad and then he pokes back and they have a little poke-off. <laughs> 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 then Superman, after he gets poked in the chest, he's like, ah! But he still finds the energy and strength to push farther in to destroy Doomsday, right? Or so we think. We don't know if Doomsday is actually dead yet. Who knows? But when you had this scene happen and he got punctured in the chest, and did you, what thoughts went through your mind when that happened?
1: Mo, I think you were cheering. I was. Uh, I was like, finally, we're going to get rid of this guy. We can just go to a Justice League without Superman. The world would be a better place. But, uh, no, um, the, I'm not going to lie. There was a little little sadness, a little twinge in my heart. I was like, ah, if I want you to die, I want Batman to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Batman will give you justice. <laughs> but, uh, no, Like, I was a little upset when when all that went down. But, for me, like, I really hope Doomsday is not dead. Like... I think him teamed up with... Uh, what's the villains called? Um, they have their own name. The League of Justice and then... Um, something of Doom. Yeah, Legion of Doom? Yeah, Legion of Doom. Uh, I would love for him to be there uh, to kind of help give us this huge, giant war between good and evil uh, eventually. And I think he's one of those... He's, he's a bad guy that I, I've always enjoyed. Um, and I would love to kind of see him continue that role and continue that fight so i'm kind of hoping he's not dead and that he you know walked out of it like we know superman's going to yeah
0: oh my dogs are making a guest appearance yeah, so puppies <laughs> uh alex what did you think
2: well like i said it it, it made it less impactful because we know that superman's going to walk away from the battle um by by the same logic Doomsday should probably also be able to walk away from the battle. Um, the way that they're making it look, though, is that, that Kryptonite was plunged into him, whereas Superman was just near it when it happened. So I hope Moe's right, that we'll get to see another appearance by Doomsday. Um, I just don't think that that's going to be the case, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, because we didn't see what actually happened to the Doomsday body, right? It, it was kind of there, and then he just... Ah, and then mm-hmm. died. So sure. the material is still there. If he can reanimate Zah, there's probably somebody that can reanimate Doomsday again to some other abomination, they called it, or whatever they called it.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: So Superman is dead at this point. Yes. <laughs> we have Batman and Wonder Woman kind of carrying his body down, which was an interesting scene. Again, I think that was definitely Zack Snyder wanted to put that image in our minds, right? Because it could have easily cut to just a a funeral, but they they had Batman giving the body to Wonder Woman. It was an impactful scene, and again, definitely visually impactful. So, when we look at the movie as a whole, and we see the the culmination of everything, and then you have the funeral for both Superman and Clark Kent that's happening, and Batman and Superman, or sorry, Bruce Wayne and uh, Diana are at Clark's funeral. They say that he's not going to he's not going to fail him in death, but he said that he failed him in life. How do you think that he's failed him in life? Alex.
2: I um, maybe by not listening to him instead trying to figure out who he was before he attacked him. Um uh, I don't know, they didn't really spend too much time together in life to to, to have those feelings. I thought that line was a little misplaced. That um, was
0: that would be a line that's earned after a couple movies together, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Not a movie where you're primarily fighting each other.
2: Yeah, so the line <laughs> didn't really mean much to us, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's a line that was probably uttered in the comic book somewhere. Uh, probably in the Doomsday comic where Superman dies. But... It just didn't feel earned, didn't feel appropriate at that point. Because, I mean, literally 10 minutes ago, he was about to stab him in the heart and do it himself.
1: <laughs> but, Mel? Yeah. I feel like it was a swing and a miss that they were trying to add this emotional thing for you wanting to be sad that Superman died, which I totally don't get. Um, but, yeah, they could have, if they wanted it to be, you know, one of those quotes of a friend... Then they should have showed that that friendship being built during that fight. You know, there should have been something where he's, you know, going above and beyond to protect something Batman cares about, or you know what I mean. There, there was nothing in there that told me that Batman should have that feeling. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like they uh, they, they tried hard to to tug on your heartstrings and uh, didn't didn't connect. Yeah, swinging a miss. I think that was a good way to put that
0: there. I mean, that line may have more impact than we know, but just from what we all three see, what happened on the screen, I don't think that it was appropriate. And so then the final thing that they talk about is putting the team together, right? They say they need to go find these other people and bring them all together, and Wonder Woman's like, why? He's like, eh, just a hunch. You know, we'll have a cookout. We'll get together, share some stories. <laughs> I mean, that there was no reason at that point to to get the team together. I mean, yeah. what do you what did you think about that line, Alex?
2: Well, it's like you said there there's not a reason for them to get together unless there's a reason. And after Doomsday is dead, like Lex Luthor is locked up, what's the reason? Why would these people come out of hiding? I think that's where Wonder Woman was coming from. And maybe Batman's line was just supposed to mean there's always going to be something bad out there. Something yeah. bad is gonna come up, and when it does, I think these people are gonna come up just like you and I did to help save the day. Yeah, some he just said something about
0: always
1: being prepared. Mo, what did you think? That that was where I took it. Was he's like, listen, there's some there's some really nasty stuff out here, and we're we're just starting these fights. Like we've been attacked uh, 18 months ago. Now we're getting you know hit now. Something's coming. And we need to make sure we're ready so that no matter what happens, whether it's one of us that goes off the deep end or whether it's some kind of force, we need a group, a collective that's going to be there ready to fight and ready to protect this planet and protect its inhabitants. Um, and that's that's kind of where I took it, was him saying, listen, stuff's going to go down and we need to be ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So at the very end, we see or actually one more thing. The scene that they did with Batman and Luther, I did not like that scene. I felt it felt very evocative of the Dark Knight, very evocative of the Dark Knight when the Dark Knight appears to question Joker, and it just I didn't feel appropriate to me there either. I mean, it was cool that they did it, but there's a lot of things that we're kind of just being forgiving on because this is a Batman movie or a comic book movie, let's say, but. You know, when you compare the way Batman is in previous iterations to to this one, just different character. It kind of feels. But what did you think of that end scene where you saw Batman confront Luther at the end, Mo?
1: I would have wanted him to be more inquisitive. You know what I mean? Instead of that, it was. It felt more confrontational to me, and so I would have enjoyed that. But I kept trying to search. Like I, I looked up online. I was trying to find times where Batman's ever talked to Lex Luthor uh, in the comics. And I, I didn't find anything substantial that said, oh, no, this is this is canon. This is real. And it felt like it was just a liberty they took to maybe start something for the future movies. So, yeah. Well,
0: Batman has talked to Luthor. Um, just nothing of consequence, I don't think, usually. Mm-hmm. So, Alex?
2: Yeah, it it may have been more Bruce Wayne, uh, you know, himself bruce wayne wants to go and talk to luther because i mean we we see a little bit towards the beginning of the movie luther you know made a comment that wayne we finally got you over here to metropolis you know what i mean so maybe there's some kind of a business relationship there and even though luther doesn't know about it maybe that's more bruce wayne wanting to go and try to get inside the mind of lex a little bit but i think from what we've seen just between Batman and Lex Luthor, that scene could have been left out. True. And, you know, you mentioned something
0: there. When Lex said we finally got you over here to, to Metropolis, <sighs> from the looks of it, it was literally just across the river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why yep. would it take you so long to get there? And why would Superman just now, or Batman just now, be kind of curious about Superman? I guess it's... 18 months ago he revealed himself and all that jazz, but it's literally right across the river. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Yep. Anyway. And from somebody so powerful from Wayne Enterprises, you think he'd be all over helping that city. If it's a neighbor city like that, clean up.
0: Yeah, okay. I agree. Plus, he has a building over there anyway. Yep. So give me your final thoughts, Mo.
1: Batman was awesome. Superman stayed dead.
0: Oh, yeah, we we forgot to say Funeral Batman Dead, or Superman Dead, sorry. Yep. And at the end, the, the rocks start to rise as you hear the heartbeat of Superman <sighs> start up again.
1: Sadness.
2: Yeah. Alex, overall thoughts? Uh, so it was really funny when you said time to give your overall thoughts. I just got a notification, like, simultaneously from Fandango, and it said, how did you like Batman versus <laughs> Superman? <laughs> so I'm a little creeped out. Um, but... I gave it three to five stars, three out of five stars. I I think the cinematography was good. I think the music was good. Some of the shots were amazing. Uh, I liked Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, Batman a lot. I think Wonder Woman did a good job. I'm excited for her standalone film. I'm excited more about the standalone films of Wonder Woman and Aquaman than I am about the Justice League movie. Yeah, because it's got Superman in it or the lack of Superman in it, or just the fact that we're going to be able to focus in and get some origins from these characters. Yeah,
0: and I think that's important that we finally get some some good fleshed-out origins of these, especially Wonder Woman, because like you guys, not a lot of people know the backstory of Wonder Woman, so I think it'll be cool to finally get that on the big screen. Yeah. For me, I thought this was an okay movie. It doesn't deserve the 31% that it had last night on Rotten Tomatoes it wasn't that bad it was it was a it was a decent comic book movie it was not up to the marvel standard we'll call it i mean literally marvel has a standard now that's been set for all the comic book movies that this movie just doesn't quite meet but it doesn't make it a bad movie it doesn't make it unwatchable it's quite watchable the plot there are plot holes there's an inconsistent story odd characters but still it felt like it was a a good story told in a um, in an interesting format so I did like some of the scenes that they shot with with Batman and Superman with the fights and just the different imagery that we saw there from the direction point but as far as the overall story and writing goes I think there was a lot to be desired to make that plot a little bit more concise and tight and this movie was a little long could have been trimmed out a little bit could have pretty much almost cut out the lowest character. He didn't really need a lot of the stuff that she brought to the table. And if they were going to introduce the Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg, they did it in a very odd way. It was just. They were. That scene could have been Stinger at the end of the movie, right? That scene wasn't important at all to the rest of the movie at that point. It just served to feed the fanboys and say, oh, look, they're all they're all here. This is the Donald Justice. That should have been a, a scene where she goes and finds it and looks at those videos after the credits. Make it mm-hmm. kind of a nice little tease at the end. Absolutely. But overall, I don't know. I, I think I'd give this movie like a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes or 75% maybe. Because it was good. It was watchable. It wasn't bad by any means. And I don't think it's getting... Enough, I think it's getting too much hate right now. And I don't understand why, because it, it did what it set out to do. It, it's a comic book movie where Batman
2: fights Superman. That's, that's all you get, right? That's what they promised, and that's what you got. It's because when you put a title on a movie, Batman versus Superman, you set your own standard Right. in, yep. in everybody's minds. Yep. And it's hard to live up to that regardless. Yep. And I do want to
0: say that I really did enjoy the Batcave in this movie. As well as the Batmobile. So, that's that. Anybody else got anything else to say before we close out the show?
1: Thank you so much for letting me on here. You guys rock, and I'm a big fan. Thank you. Yeah, No
0: problem. It was good to hear your sexy dulcet tones talking (laughs) the Bat. (laughs) Alex, again, thank you for coming on. And dear listener, thank you for listening the show can be reached on twitter at entertaining pod it can be reached at email that's entertaining at gmail.com i am on twitter at sith nightmare alex i am on twitter and xbox live at d-o-u-e-1-h-1 and our
1: guest mr mo mahoney uh at coach underscore hulk on twitter and uh, coach mahoney on xbox
0: Thank you guys for joining me. The Justice League has been assembled. Alex, Mo, and I don't know uh, anybody else that's listening. You're part of the League too. (laughs) So let us know what you thought of this episode, what you thought of Batman vs Superman. We'd love to hear your thoughts over on Twitter or email, so just send them our way. We thank you for listening. We hope that you have been entertained.